Thanks for listening to this episode of NSEA's Coaching Podcast with our special guest, Joe Ken of the Carolina Panthers. This special director's cut uh, features a few minutes of us chatting about his tier training system and as well as his tortoise training, which is the way that Joe describes how he trains himself. There's a lot of great information about how, why, and where he developed the tier system, and as well as you'll get the ins and outs of tortoise training system and what that means. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Um, you mentioned the tier system. For people that know you know you that you came up with that. How did? When did you realize that that was something like that you were going to be able to put out? I mean, obviously you talk about it, you know, throughout your career. You're presenting. This is how we do things. But when did it kind of come out that you were like, man, this is really something that other people could implement in their setting? And you know, I'm going to write a book about it. And I was extremely fortunate. I mean, I guess you could. I was fortunate enough that when I got to Boise State, I was at Coach Thompson exposed me to a lot of sports. And I was one of the, I had several other places I could have went. And I actually chose Boise State because it was going to expose me to more sports to coach. Okay. Then I was, then I was afforded the opportunity of here's your sports and you can develop the plan how you see fit. And I'm like, oh, wow. I wasn't, kind of wasn't expecting that to be honest I thought I would here's how we write programs so talk about creative freedom right off the bat you know here I am a GA two years out of coaching high school ball and off we go let's see if you can be a real coach and that's my first first exposure to coaching women athletes so it was a you know a lot of things thrown at me in in a positive way and I and I guess though really and I don't want to say it from what it was the Olympic sports in general, the types of sports I was coaching. I was like, why do, why are we lifting these kids four days a week? Yeah. You know, and I, I just, just, why are we lifting them four days a week? My strength coach was a, was a high intensity based, which was primarily a three day a week, whole body training, more specifically on specific body part types of things and movement, but like, you know, you were going to do neck, you were going to do calves, you were going to do traps, you know, then you went to the, you know, you were going to do, uh, how'd it usually go? You'd go 15 leg curls, 20 leg press, 20 leg press, 10 to 12 leg extension, 15 calf raise, four-way neck, knotless Nautilus neck and shoulder, which was a seated trap machine, rotary neck. Then you'd go dumbbell, uh, Nautilus pullover, chest, chest deck, uh, lateral raise, shoulder press machine. And you'd go down bicep, tricep, core. We do a back extension or something like that. And you may go through once, you may go through twice. Then we do some free weight work. You know, we'd bench and squat and then do some of that circuit stuff. But we, we primarily went three days a week and trained the total body. There was a lot of things I, I, I thought had a lot of merit towards training athletes, the total body approach yeah. in particular. I was always gravitated to the big lifts. We hardly did any Olympic. I probably did five hang cleans my whole career, five mm-hmm. years in college. 
Uh, that And that wasn't because the football coaches didn't want it. It was because that was that clash of the football coaches wanted this, strength coach wanted this, and yeah. we got caught in the middle of right. whatever. Yeah. So I started to look at it from that standpoint of, okay, what do I, what do I like as an athlete? What do most athletes I coach, you know, for the predominantly I coach strength power athletes. Yeah regardless of the sport. I don't think they need to go for three, four days a week. You know, three days a week. That, that was in the time, too, where people were talking a lot about you don't need to train isolation movements, which now I think you do. Yeah. Based off of building weaknesses and listening to guys like Matt Wenning and trying to stay healthy and, and resilient and the extra workouts that we started to evolve into became more of those isolated ancillary type movements. But in the big picture was, okay, we're going to use big structural movements to train these athletes. And I started my first year was 1991. I would say the tier system started to become a reality in 1992. And a lot of it was based off of the premise of the heavy, moderate light days of the three-day-a-week approach. And, and, and even though I still say to this day, the tier system, it is a template-based structured rotation of exercises. Yeah. It has nothing to do with cycling. That's kind of a falsity because the heavy, moderate light principle right. helped build how the tier system structure yeah. became a reality because my thoughts was as tr as a training and just reading and figuring things out and listening to athletes the heavy day was too heavy mm -hmm. and at that time I didn't know anything about dynamic effort the light day was too light but the moderate day seemed to be the best work day. Like you got all okay. your reps, yeah. you got quality of work. You didn't miss reps like the heavy day yeah. and the light day was just, you know, like a filler. <laughs> so the question was, and this is where, when you talk to people who are high intensity based philosophy and they go, and you talk about, well, I'm training at moderate intensities and they go, we trained all out that's the difference between like I've defined training intensity and intensity of effort. Mm -hmm. I expect a hundred percent intensity of effort regardless. It's just like the focus right. point of yeah. you, whether it's 135 or 500, yeah. your intensity of effort yeah, yeah. and your focus has to be the same or you're yeah. going to get hurt. Right. Regardless, it's no different than, you know, they're going one set to max repetitions. Yeah. So they're, they're doing a, their, their training intensity is extremely high and their intensity of effort is tr extremely high. Where we're manipulating loads, but our intensity of effort is the same. All the time. I'm asking yeah. the same question that they are. Can you give me an all-out effort yeah. at this load? Yeah. Because that's where maximum compensatory acceleration comes into play. Like, I want all concentric actions to be explosive. Yeah. I want all eccentric contractions to be controlled. Yeah. Not super, depending if I want to tempo it, yeah. but I always tell people the easiest way I explain the way I would think a perfect rep would be is eccentrically, show me how strong you are. Concentrically, show me how explosive you are. Nice. 
think it's... that if I want to tell you I want a six count sub max eccentric, that's different. Right. But in the quality of it all, and that goes back to my my strength coach because you know Arthur, you know, what was it four count negative, two count positive, one count pause midpoint? Yeah, that was the standard that's tempo. Standard that rep, yeah. So going back to that, the tier system. So the the process was if I felt and I saw that the moderate day was the best from an efficiency standpoint of the quality and the abilities of what was accomplished, how can I do that yeah. every day? Yeah. Okay, well, if I train one, one particular movement or category heavy, one moderate and one light, yeah. I get a moderate effect if you're just looking at generalizations of average. Yeah. And that's where you know, that's why like, it's just, it's funny how the terms have come, but heavy, moderate light is daily undulation. Right, right. That now all of a sudden everybody's, oh, we're on the under. Well, anybody who followed Bill Starr or any of the old heavy, moderate light days, we were doing daily. Yeah. Un, that's why I say we're all, that's why it's intermixed periodization. Everything right. we do is a combination of all these all terms we have. Yeah. So in in our case, like I tell people, we're we're really session undulated periodization because we're doing a heavy, moderate, and light movement category in each session, in each session. which then yeah. evolved into a, a maximal or submaximal effort lift, a dynamic effort lift, and a repetitive effort lift yeah. each session, depending on yeah. what the goal of that specific cycle was. So now we're we're taking Zatsgiorsky's three methods of of strength and putting them in one session. Yeah. But then the categories move them all through the week. Right. So you know, like on Monday, you may have submax effort power clean. On excuse me. On Wednesday, you may have repetitive effort shrug pull for sixes, and then you're having dynamic effort hang clean on tier two on Friday. Yeah. And then you'd have max effort back squat or submax effort back squat on Wednesday, dynamic effort back squat on Monday, and then rear foot elevated squat for volume on yeah. Fridays. Yeah. And that, so that evolved later on, but so that was the approach was to in, improve variability of movement, yeah. look like heavy, moderate, light, adjust loads, add in extra work by adding tiers and just following the rotations. So you got a big structural movement program that, that ran through a, a whole body approach. Yeah. So now I looked at it like I got the best of both worlds. I'm training three days a week. They're training the whole body. Uh, tempo was important. Then let's say, hey, we're not going to take 10 minutes of rest like a power lifter because we're not getting 10 minutes of rest. So then it was tempo became how, how can we effectively and efficiently move through this workout with a flow so that we get the best bang for our buck in the least amount of time. Yeah. So that was 92, 93. It was predominantly done with all Olympic sports. In 94, and, and again, I still had to, in, in 94, I, I started working with football program and I implemented it here. But now, again, I was still smart enough and I wasn't at a point in my career where people were just going to, okay, whatever you want. Right, right, right. You're still so we had what I, was a session A. I still had to figure out, okay, I got to have this fourth lift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so session A was auxiliary. So all the ancillary work that we needed to get in 
was on Tuesdays. Okay. Later on, that became the Blitz program. Yeah. When we when we were at Utah, the head coach at the time was Ron McBride, and the defensive coordinator was Kyle Whittingham, who's the head coach now. When we got to Utah, was when it, when we were finally a coach was was uh, confident. He came in and goes after testing. We had a really good test because we only live three days a week, don't we? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm saying to myself, here we goes, here we go. Uh, no, coach, you know we have the auxiliary day. We live for you know. No, we really live three days a week. And I go, yeah, we, we live three days a week. Goes, I knew you could do it that way. When he said that, it was like, okay, auxiliary days out. Yeah. We'll add in fillers and we'll start. And then I had started the blitz program at Boise state for more like rehab based stuff. Yeah. And then the blitz program became an, an, an add on. That was the real, where you could talk about like, I write individualized strength programs. Right. That's where, when we started getting the screenings, these blitzes became your specific blitz. Yep, yep. Okay, your flexibility core. This is the thing you need to work yeah, on. Yeah, this is shoulder. These yeah. are the blitzes you need to get in through the week. Yep. Hamstring, low back. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yep. Oh, you just yep. need to get bigger. So you got to right. do the big you program. The big guy. Too. Yeah. You know, so that's how that all evolved. But I would say, after the '94 season, utilizing it with football, and we, we continued to go. It got to the point where, again, back then, like I said, you were still writing articles with no references. It was based on how you're doing things like, uh, you know, the Boise State way, the Auburn way, the Minnesota way, the Colorado way. That was a lot of the articles that were being written back then. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to write an article for the NSCA Journal. So we write it. This was going to be, you know, and it was, uh, it got ripped up, obviously, when, you know, you're, you can't do snatch at right, tier right, three. Right, this right. doesn't make no sense. Woo, woo. Yeah. And at the time, Harvey Newton was the the president of the NSCA, and I believe, and Rich Gray was my assistant at the time. You know, peer-reviewed, and then you're looking, like I still say, I go, peer-reviewed. I don't see a coach's name on this on this peer review. Yeah. So You know, it's like, where's the coach? Yeah. Just like even now, you look at somebody's, where's the coach? You got all these PhDs. Yeah. Where's the CSCSs? Yeah. Where's the RSCCs, more right. importantly? Right. Where are those guys on yeah. this board yeah. that's supposedly peer-reviewing my stuff? Yeah. So I got, you know, 1997, man, I get heated. F this. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, these people don't get it. Whoop, 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 whoop. And, you know, even to this day, I mean, the NSCA, let's face it, they're regimented. They're, right. they're by the book. Yep. things. I right, mean, I'm right. outside that grid. Right. I, I appreciate the fact that Harvey had the, the wherewithal and the foresight to say, Hey, some, we need to see this. Yeah. So I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go and rewrite it. Yeah. And I just was like, screw it. And Rich was like, no, no, no. So, and again, Rich is always, man, he's had my back from 1996. He calls Harvey and goes, Harvey, he's not going to do it. He's pissed. These guys said this. And, you know, they're just, and he goes, no, tell him we need, we need to get this. Art. I don't know how it was said. Right. I got it back right. to me where this article needs to be written. Yeah. This, we need this to be in there. So like I, I, so they, you know, it was like, okay, so what's the problem? Well, you can't, you can't do Olympic lifts 
you got to do them first. And I go, why? He go, they go, that's protocol. And I go, and what protocol is that? Well, that's weightlifting protocols. Well, I don't train weightlifters. Yeah, well, I'm doing this this yeah. way, and it's I don't, working. Yeah, I don't train weightlifters. Yeah. And I'm also smart enough to not pick a super ridiculous, complex movement. I'm just doing a total body lift, or at that point was explosive. I changed it to total body when I learned about the dynamic effort yeah. method. Because then it was, you can train any movement explosively based on time and effort and yeah. intensity. And then I, I like, and I'm going to get the quote specifically because I want to put it into a presentation I'm doing with my power clean technique deal. But Todd Hammer, who's sharp, it's amazing how different platforms can affect people. But uh, Todd Hammer is a sharp strength coach. I know yeah. a lot of people follow him, but yeah. don't, don't let the name on the jersey right. deter you from thinking that people aren't sharp. I said the same right. thing about Mark Watts. Right. When right, Mark right. Watts left Denison to elite fitness, it's amazing how many people listen to Mark Watts right. when he was saying the same thing at Denison. It, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. the name on the Jersey helps, yeah. but don't, don't get it twisted. There's yeah. a lot of the, there's a really tremendous amount of coaches at schools that people don't talk about. Yeah, never even heard about probably, you know, and I saw it with my own, I saw it with my own growth, yeah. Joe Kennett, Boise state versus Joe Kennett, Arizona state talking the same tier system, bull crap. Yeah. But guess what? That Arizona, state logo looked sounded at that time now it's about even <laughs> boise state arizona state right, and right. and how they how it's looked at but back then it wasn't yeah so and i told i said look man i don't train olympic lifters i train weightlifters no set protocol to train athletes right. excuse me athletes i don't train weight no, if there was, we'd all be doing it by now. You know, Husker Powers out and yeah, yeah. think uh, Strength 2.0 or yeah. something at that point in time. But at the end of the day, even right now, there is no one way somebody's doing it that's making somebody win more games than the others. Right, right. Yeah, there's a couple of dominant programs, but in the end, you know, they're they're just out recruiting people. Right. <laughs> So I would say that that was probably that really obviously catapulted things into a and a huge ascending ascension as far as the tier system would be 1997 when the article was published in the strength and conditioning journal. And it's funny because it came out the day I got the journal with the article in it. My son Peter was being born and Rich brought it to the hospital. And my wife went. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, that's a funny story. I'll let, Rich tells it way better than I was. I was like, I was like, hey, man, we got to, that's the end of that. <laughs> but um, I don't like to say, um, I've said it several times today. So then when I went to Utah, like I said, that's when we kind of got rid of the A and just became more of a pure three-day-a-week with, yeah. with blitzes. And then when we got to Arizona State, about that time, Tom Mislinski's thesis had come out on elite fitness system, yeah. the Russian conjugate yep. method. Right. And that's when I started leaning towards, well, we might be more of a concurrent sequencing yeah. model yep. than a conjugated type of deal. Yep. And then as I continued to learn about different types of periodization names, that's when it really hit me several years ago and I said, nobody can really hang their hat and there's two different types of periodization there's periodization of the annual plan sure and then there's periodization of strength i think we have to yeah. delineate between that because 
sometimes we think we're talking about one when we're actually talking about the other. But periodization of the annual plan is laying out your calendar. Yeah. That's not super hard. Right, right. <laughs> Periodization of strength is now okay. Now you're dealing in the nuts and bolts of what are we doing during the developmental phase of during this block? What are we doing? And that's where I looked at the pure definitions with the help of Brandon Marcello and Matt Ray and came into okay, what does a tier system periodization look like? And when I'm writing a program. Well, there's a little taste of block. There's a little taste of vertical integration. There's a little taste of concurrent, maybe even a little bit more concurrent because I believe in the raise-maintain approach that Zatsky-Orsky takes. You could possibly raise two of the three traits at one time, Mm -hmm. but it'd be hard to raise everything at once, as we know. But, like, you know, what what is the combine athlete asked to do this week? To display multiple traits raised at the highest level yeah. in a three-day period yeah. and it's it's kind of interviews interesting how people perceive that if it can or can't be done yeah. so i i termed the coin intermixed periodization because i think that's what i believe everybody in the strength business is really doing yeah. you may be leaning towards one of these names yeah. but in the end it's a little bit of everything because like i said Everybody was doing nonlinear, undulated type of definition programs when you would be doing cleans for speed and power, squats and presses for strength, and then lateral raises and tricep extensions right, for right. volume. You were yeah. doing that in the 19-whenever. That's yeah. So you've always had it, just that somebody finally figured out, hey, you're, you're training multiple traits, and then right, right. this is high, low, woo, 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 you know, heavy, moderate. Now, all of a sudden, all the stuff we were doing is undulated yeah, kind of name daily periodization. Okay, yeah. well, it was undulated before we knew it was undulated, I right. guess. Yeah. So then when, when I got that, that's when... When I read Tom's deal, that's when I really started thinking about like shifting different traits at different levels right in a cycle. Like, so if I'm gonna, and that's where I talk about basing as much st- stuff off your running. If I'm gonna do high volume runs, and I know people, you can have a debate, and I'm not here to debate it, you know, 300 yard shuttles or long distance types of intervals in, in the beginning of your summer program, well, we're gonna train repeated effort volume stuff first tier one and we're going to do dynamic effort tier three because i just want to retain a little speed modality i always felt like you couldn't train sub max effort or max effort work tier three because it 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 helps with either or the repetitive effort or the dynamic effort trait that was always that was never going to be a tier three exercise the the dynamic effort and the repetitive effort could be one two or three But max effort, sub-max yeah. effort was never going to be a three. It was yeah. just not going yeah. to be. It has too much relationship to either or. Yeah. And I didn't think you could have the repetitive effort and the dynamic effort method one without one right after the other. Right, right, right. <laughs> I thought they had to be separated by something. Yeah. So when that became the deal, that's when it was like, you know, that's when Ui and Shy and we were all at ASU – like maybe I should write a book, and that year I wrote yeah. 2000 and I think it was 2001 season or 2002. I might have wrote it in 2003. It was published by Healthy Choice, and yeah. it's still going, man. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, 
it stood the test of time. And that's one of the things I learned from a business colleague of mine is it's repeatable. It's sustainable. And that's why it's successful. I mean, yeah. anyone can utilize it at any level, at any, level. any, yeah. any knowledge of exercise and movement fit, just fit the tier. Like yeah. there's total body movements, there's lower body movements, there's upper body movements. Right. Here it is. Pick, pick the ones that are important. Yeah. You know, you, I think early on in a lifter's career, your foundation movements should be stable as they progress through your system. That foundation might be a multiple, it might be, you know, a conjugated rotation of several. Hey, for this block, we're going to do this press. For this block, we're going to do this press. For this block, we're going to do this press. And then we'll cycle it back around. Yeah. Same thing with your squats. Same yeah. things with your pulls. So it's very... I, I call it very user-friendly because especially like at my level, right. you get guys with different backgrounds, you get guys at different ages, and yeah. it could be big squat Wednesday, but big squat Wednesday to you might be safety bar squat. Yeah. Big squat Wednesday for me might be pit shark or a belt squat, yeah. or, or it might be a machine-loaded squat. And for in some cases, it could be a leg press. Yeah. <laughs> you know, For others, it could be rear foot elevated squat could be a split squat i mean there's numerous different ways to do it but at the end we're doing a squat pattern on big squat wednesday yeah. Yeah.